on a brand new Josh Nason's Punch Out. I continue my look back at the year that was 2023 in the world of professional wrestling with a stop in May. And helping me do that this month, ProWrestling.net's Jason Powell. Jason and I talk about all the AEW news in the month, which included the official launch of Saturday Night Collision and all the controversy around why CM Punk wasn't at the WWE upfront when the show was announced or why he wasn't included in the press release, except in an earlier version he was. We talk all about that. What a, what a situation. We talk about Double or Nothing and everything that happened there, including MJF retaining his AEW title in a special four-way, the end of Jade Cargill's TBS title run, Tony Storm winning the AEW women's title, and so much more. AEW selling 60,000 tickets during the month for the first ever All-In. We talk about WWE and the insane crowd that was in Puerto Rico for WWE Backlash. Bad Bunny defeating Damian Priest in a street fight. LWO going crazy. All types of stuff there. We talk about a fun Backlash night of champions as well. And all kinds of other things that happen in the month. We'll go through like several hundred headlines. Somehow we get it done in just over an hour's time. Talk about, of course, Japan news. And Mercedes Monet breaking her ankle, we assume. Severely injuring her ankle in a match with Willow Nightingale to crown the first ever strong women's champion. We talk about that and what happened in the aftermath. But yeah, this is a loaded month and I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. The month of May in the world of pro wrestling in my Josh Jason's Punch-Out! Year Review Series. Enjoy. Well, it has been a couple of years since my guest at this time has been on the show just due to schedules and all that. He was originally scheduled last year to uh, be part of the series, but again, due to a uh, holiday scheduling and real life stuff, all that stuff, weren't able to make it up, but he's back. Jason Powell, a pro wrestling.net is here. And, uh, and Jason, I, I, we were just talking before, but uh, how are things going? I guess for, so the people can hear how things are going. Yeah, things are good. You know, I really think that uh, it would be very helpful if they would move the holidays so that we could do the end of the year stuff and not have those holiday interruptions. I think it's the least the world could do for us. That's right. That's right. One of these days they'll listen to us, right? I hope yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, well, when does Canada celebrates Thanksgiving early? Why don't we? That's right. Yeah, they celebrate uh, Thanksgiving in October, and I guess it's the same. It's the same deal as uh, as our Thanksgiving with the turkey and and all that stuff. At least that's what John Pollock says. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I could go for an extra thing. Maybe I'll just like I, I need to move. I'm already in Minnesota. If I like live in International Falls, I'll bet I could get two Thanksgivings. <laughs> it's a International Falls. You say is that is that what did I hear that right? Yes, that is. Uh, that's not where I live, but I think that's the border town. I don't even know. I've never even been to the Minnesota uh, Canada border. I just consider Minnesota Canada South anyway. So I see. Yeah. Uh, do you think I'd catch heat if I just decided to celebrate both Thanksgivings? I don't think so. I mean, my friend, I'm I'm originally from Maine, which a lot of people seem to think is in Canada, and now I'm in New Hampshire, and, and think it's ex- that's an extension of Maine and also Canada. So I, I fully understand your your pain in Minnesota. Us cold weather guys. I mean, we just it's it's part of this. Uh, it's part of our burden we have to carry that people think we're Canadians, right? Exactly. And nobody okay. cares about the weather, but it's like in the 40s here today, Josh. It's a miracle. Wow, that's nice. That's nice. A balmy 34 here in uh, in New Hampshire. But anyway, enough weather talk. We'll save that for uh, for a network uh, show or something 
at some point. But let's get into uh, the month of May. Of course, this is the year in review series I've been doing for the past three years, I believe. Time flies. And so if this is your first time, uh, welcome. And so I go through every single month. I have a different guest and I go through or every single episode. I cover a different month and I have a different guest and uh, run through basically all the real big stuff and some of the not so big stuff that happen in the month. I go through all the headlines that we um, that we uh, publish on our website, all stories throughout the year. And I go through and pull the big stuff out separated by organization and uh here we are and uh we lead off with some of the you know the bigger things that happened in uh you know aw and wb uh for the month and also hit up japan impact all this stuff so we'll get all to that and this month being may we're going to kick off with aew because they had a big month they also had they had double or nothing let's talk about in a minute they had the all-in pre-sale which we'll talk about in a minute but the big news of the month was that the company officially announced Saturday Collision, AEW Saturday Night Collision, I believe they called, even though everyone just calls it AEW Collision to launch on TNT. Of course, this came after you know a solid month, month and a half, uh, actually you know, probably about a month or so of speculation as far as this third show. And of course, with that third show, uh, the return of CM Punk. So Tony Khan made the big announcement as part of his, uh, as he does, he he hypes up big announcements. He did that for, for this to officially announce the show. On a Wednesday, it was the uh, same day as, of course, the WBD upfronts, where that the show was officially officially announced, and Tony Khan delivered the message to uh, to the faithful later that night. He revealed dates and locations for upcoming episodes of Collision. However, not the first one, because the first one was set to be for the United Center in Chicago, or so we thought. Because if you remember this, in the initial in- announcement by WBD. CM Punk was not featured. He was not in the graphic. He was not at the event itself. He was not even listed in the press release, although he is referencing earlier uh, edition of the press release. And so there's some question as far as whether this second coming, so to speak, was actually going to happen. And of course, in everything around CM Punk, there's a there's a story. And apparently the story was that the uh, center around a steel and whether he was going to get rehired or not, how that whole thing was going to work. And eventually the issues were settled. There was AEW was considering a backup location for the collision debut because they didn't know if Punk was actually going to show up. In the end of the day, uh, it was officially announced for United Center the following week and would feature the return of CM Punk. Uh, initially, there was a rumor that the debut was going to be called the second coming. That never happened. And eventually the issues were settled. And, you know, again, it was kind of this, this talk about unofficial talk from Tony Khan to kind of scuttlebutt in the industry about you know split rosters. CM Punk would appear on Dynamite when needed, but the idea is Collision was going to be his uh, his show, so to speak. And then also uh, Andrade El Idol was announced as uh, returning as part of the AEW Collision roster. Of course, you know, was featured on the poster, along with Miro and Thunder Rosa and so also some other uh, uh, embattled AEW people, put it that way, that had been off the show. So uh, a long way of saying that AEW had their official, their third show, and really kind of their second uh, flagship show, so to speak, if you can call it that. But yeah, I mean, if you remember about this time, this uh, answer the question of when Punk was returning, answer the question that AEW is going to have a second show, and also a lot more questions were were posed as far as how this whole thing was going to work. What do you remember about this time and the new show and and all the scuttlebutt about Punk coming back, but initially maybe not coming back due to all the other controversies? Well, most importantly, they all lived happily ever after. I don't want to spoil it for everyone, but um, I'm just going to get that out of the way. Uh, I do remember that, yeah, that there was an issue 
um punk i i think i think he nailed it i think there was an issue with a steel he had all you know they'd already rehired him but i think at that point punk felt a little bit misled because the issue wasn't so much that he you know obviously steel was rehired but he wasn't allowed at the buildings and i think that was something that uh, popped up late and became an issue punk's lawyers can be tough to deal with too you know they're doing their part in the negotiation and so yeah it just seemed like everything got pushed back a little bit but uh, ultimately they it didn't take long for them to resolve whatever it was uh, steel never did appear backstage for aew for the remainder of his run he was not allowed to but i think that was the big sticking point uh it was a rare if i remember right it was one of the rare announcements that uh, tony teased it actually felt like it delivered Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were excited about it. I, I know on my end, there was a little dread of having to explain to uh, um, and my longtime girlfriend that, uh, yeah, you know, if, if we, we don't get Friday nights anymore because of SmackDown and Rampage. And by the way, honey, uh, there's going to be a, another wrestling show every Saturday night, not just the uh, PLEs and pay-per-views, but every Saturday night. That one went over like a lead balloon. But uh, <laughs> here we are. We're, we're still going with Collision all this time later. And now uh, without Punk, I kind of feel like it lacks an identity. Yeah, it does. I, I think what, what I've noticed in the, you know, it, it debuted in June. Uh, that was the, the other thing. <laughs> Excuse me. I should have mentioned that June was uh, announced as a debut month. And they had the day with the United Center. But one thing I noticed um, is that it had it has a distinct difference, not only in look, but the how the show flows. Um, it felt more more toward wwe than than dynamite did at the time and also the it had this uh i want to say a tradition but it had a a regular thing of a very long main event usually around 20 to sometimes 30 minutes when you count intros and things like that so it definitely it, they made it i like how they made it distinct from dynamite in that the the look the presentation was different it just felt has a different energy to it. And I know obviously now as we're sitting here and, you know, the end of November, uh, as we're recording this, that it's, uh, you know, the crowds have been down um, and it's, you know, again, without punk, it doesn't have that, that big star and they're still kind of trying to find itself. But I, I will say that, you know, compared to a rampage, it has a different aesthetic than dynamite, which I really liked and some different, some different talents that for the most part have kind of stayed split like a Miro, and Andrade and some of those types. And I like how I, I, I kind of like that. I do too. And and I think one of the bigger differences in the show, in addition to what you mentioned was they just slowed the pace down, you know, yeah, dynamite can yeah. be really hectic and some people love that. Some people it's overwhelming, uh, but uh, with collision, yeah, they slowed things down. You had the Saturday night's main event style soundbite promos to start things off. And it really did feel like it had its own identity. And I, I think, I believe it was punk who I agreed with in term in that he kind of made it seem like running on Saturday nights would help with ticket sales because it's just an easier night. You know, people are going out uh, anyway on Saturday night and um, compared to a Wednesday, you would think like they wouldn't have so many issues, but, and, and I think initially they did okay, but uh, yeah, it hasn't really played out that way. The, the more the show's lost its identity, but um, yeah, initially, I mean, there was excitement and, I was wondering if they were going to do a firm brand split. I was kind of excited at that point to see if they would and if they would really do it right, because I've never, you know, WWE, they're just, they play so loose with it. And I was kind of hoping that AEW would take a different approach and 
uh, really do things different, maybe have a draft, which is always good for uh, a rate, you know, one or two nights of ratings, depending on how long you want to spread out the draft. But, you know, they just kind of went with a soft split. And, um, you know, and I mean, some of those people are still there, as you say. I think um, there are some cases where they're still trying to keep some people away from one another, uh-huh. and just as they were doing with Punk. But, um, yeah, it was exciting to start. I I, I did like you. I, I enjoyed that uh, it did feel unique. It, it felt like it had its own identity compared to what we get uh, every Wednesday. That's right. Yeah, and obviously running into a lot of issues with the. Uh... Uh, WWE uh, pay-per-view slash PLEs on Saturdays, you know, regular sports and, and all that. So they continue to try to find their way with AEW Collision. And we'd go to Double or Nothing, also another kind of big thing that month. Obviously, the at that point, one of the AEW's big four uh, pay-per-views of the year. Uh, actually, big five, I should say. MJF retained the uh, world title in a four-way uh, with the whole four pillars thing. It was kind of a clunky way to get to the match and they did this tournament that just didn't really end up meaning anything and the motivations of those guys it just it it you know the the match was good it just in the end just did not uh the the build to it was kind of eh uh Kanosuke Takeshita helped the uh, Blackpool Combat Club win the uh Anarchy in the Arena match that was another wild match as those uh, matches always tend to be Chris Atler made her return and won the TBS title ending the undefeated streak of Jade Cargill uh since her start in AEW, and also with, uh, uh, sp- uh, I guess, the beginning of the end for Jade Cargill in the company. We'll talk about a little bit more about that uh, next month. Uh, Sabu randomly was uh, was announced as the special enforcer for the uh, the Cole, Jericho, uh, Anything Goes match or No DQ match, or whatever it was there. Uh, again, I, I think of this, and I just keep remembering Sabu both on Dynamite and then for the paper, you coming out in a suit and wearing it, he's still wearing his uh backstage past lanyard which was a look you know <laughs> and so i i just i can't get that image uh, out of my head uh sammy Guevara and tay mellow um announced that their pregnancy and actually as you record this uh the baby has been born so good for them tony storm uh won the aew women's world title and uh this of course was not timeless tony storm but uh you know regular old tony storm put it that way for uh, for the outcast yeah. crew loving tony storm that's exactly exactly yeah th- i mean this was again Every, you know, for the most part, every AEW pay-per-view is it's long. Um, it is a good, solid show with a lot of great wrestling on it and a lot of like, you know, holy shit moments. And, and uh, yeah, it, but it, you know, it continued this, um, this trend. I think it's a trend in wrestling of world titles, not feeling like the most important thing in the promotion. And I think WB has had that with, with Roman Reigns, you know, he's had his moments obviously, but you know, the fact again, doing kind of going back to the Lesnar days of, world champion just disappearing for months on end i don't i don't love that I'm, I'm a big proponent of your champion is what everyone should strive to get to that's what they want and i i don't know the the bill to this uh this four-way again it wasn't the main event but it just was kind of eh. and i well it was a good match i don't know if it elevated people to to the way that they may have hoped but yeah i mean overall this was uh yeah it was another really entertaining show albeit a long one and yeah, with a with a lot of uh, notable things coming out of it. Correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't Darby the person who took the loss in this match. Uh, and that's a good I question. Would say he is still the most over of the other pillars. Yes. Uh, it, yep. it, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Sammy's dealt with a concussion, or I, I believe it is, and so he's been sidelined for a bit. But I, I don't think it would have made a difference if Sammy had been healthy this full time. Uh, Jack Perry obviously disappearing after uh, the incident at Wembley but uh and and he was on 
he was on a, a decent course with the uh, the heel character he was playing. I was enjoying that. But um, I think, you know, it, it. I guess it says two things, that they struggled to elevate those two, but more so it just goes to the staying power of Darby Allen that, you know, he can just take a loss in an important match and it doesn't seem like he misses a beat. That, that guy just feels Teflon. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, let's see. AEW, of course, this was the other uh, big uh, pillar for them, uh, so to speak, during the month is, they had the all-in pre-sale, of course, all-in from London's Wembley Stadium, the inaugural event uh, coming up, and a lot of people were surprised, including myself, that they would run to such a, a big stadium. And I think most assumed Craven Cottage, which the Khan's own, would be uh, would be the one to get the show. But no, they went big, and it paid off, literally. Um, they, they kicked off with 36,000 tickets during the first day of the pre-sale, and that just grew and grew and grew as the month rent. The, uh, the end uh, number at the end of the month total at the end of the month rather uh aw hitting uh 60,000 plus tickets sold uh for all in uh the pre-sale alone uh garnered them 50,000 tickets this was um yeah this was just a this a you know snowball effect of just more and more and more and that just felt like a obviously a very huge thing and i think it surprised a lot of people I'm, i wouldn't be surprised it surprised some people within aw about how many tickets they sold and how quick they've gone on sale for the second event, we'll see how that one turns out, but you know, certainly have not had any uh any 36,000 tickets numbers during the first day of the pre-sale, but I don't think people expected that. But you know, in general, and and you know, I'll talk about a lot more about all in as the months go on in the series, but when it comes to a a month of ticket sales for a, a first ever event in a stadium, they took a chance and they they hit it out of the park without even announcing a single match. It was really impressive. I, I just remember thinking that. You know, I, I was optimistic that it would do well. And I set the bar for, you know, pass fail for the overall attendance on the day of the show. If it's over 30,000, they've succeeded. If it's under 30,000, you know, I mean, if it's close, so be it. But that would be considered a disappointment to me. And to sell 36,000 during the pre-sale, like, well, they've shattered that. And then it just kept growing. And it really was really cool to see i know impact tna had some success going over to england in the past and on a smaller scale you know they would draw some of their bigger crowds there and so that's what made me think AEW could do well but it was still wembley stadium this massive undertaking but it just sounds like from listening to people who live in that area of the world that that was part of the the, the success is that when you run wembley and it, it becomes an event that everybody takes notice of and so I, I think you know, it, it still, I mean, to do the numbers they did, that was awesome. And obviously the highlight, the peak for AEW in, in 2023. Yeah. I think one of the things too, it, I think we take for granted being in the States is how easy it is for us to go to shows um, right. from the bigger companies. And like, you know, WWE just announced their holiday tour. Uh, I, I, I live in the Northeast and it's very easy because they're going to hit up uh, Boston, typically, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, and Portland, Maine, typically. And in two of those, they're going to run, which is, you know, an hour from my house. Uh, it, uh, AEW runs Boston, typically, you know, two times a year, three times a year, sometimes, but generally, you know, at least twice a year. And you know, I was able to to take the train to to, to go to Boston and see uh, Blood and Guts, you know. Uh, so, I mean, and it's, I don't have to wait, whereas, you know, in the UK, this is their first chance ever uh, to see AEW live and and not have to fly um, to the United States to see that, and it also makes me surprised that one is that they, you know, they did this one off here 
Um, and then the come the amount the event coming up next August. You know, Tony Khan said that um, you know it's their only show that they're going to do in England in 2024. He promised that this is it. But I wonder. He said England. He didn't say other you know other UK countries or other countries in Europe in general. Sure. I wonder. I was surprised they didn't do some sort of TV there while they were there to. And I I am wondering if they're going to do the same approach in 24 or if they're going to try to maybe hit up a couple other countries, not for obviously stadium shows, but you know, you have the whole crew there. Um, you know, why not try to do a, a, a couple, uh, a dynamite or collision, just a one week thing, or even, you know, these house rules tours, which they, they had to drop because of collision, you know, would it hurt to do a few of those and, and some smaller, uh, smaller markets, or even a bigger one. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to experiment that more, more in 24, uh, around all in and uh, try to be a little bit more bold with their their international expansion. Is all in? I, I, I need a little help on this one. Is it a Saturday show as well? No, I it's a su- Sunday again. Then they definitely should be doing a, a same day, t- you know, uh, just a air collision on same day tape delay. I mean, the buzz you get in those arenas from those English fans is phenomenal. And it, it surprises me that they're not doing that at least to you know run not the stadium but an arena somewhere, get that great atmosphere, let people see that on Saturday night. That would I think would serve as nice incentive to go ahead and check out the pay per view the next day, uh, compared to presumably doing a marathon taping or maybe they'll do a separate taping for Collision here in the states where you just kind of get the, the reaction that you get. But yeah, I, I do think that. It it is helpful when it comes to selling Wembley, but I do think they're leaving some money on the table. And if you're a big enough fan of AEW or just pro wrestling, I, I think you might have it in your budget. You might make room for it in your budget to attend both anyway. I think yeah. that you could make, you know, Wembley if tickets are easy to come by this year or easier, so be it. But I think that there's an audience that's going to be within that uh, stadium that would love to go see collision the night before for instance and so yeah i i get why they're doing it i i just i don't know if it's the right move and and like you say everybody's over there anyway why not do a small tour and uh if nothing else i think it's safe to assume that uh, we will get another fozzy concert while they're there <laughs> of course you can always count on a, a fozzy concert uh yeah so a lot a lot to come with uh the second all in but uh yeah big one obviously uh first month of pre-sale tickets and uh, on sale tickets for the first one. Uh, we'll go through this, uh, the rest of the chunk of the month in uh, AEW. We'll kick it over to you for anything that stood out you want to chat about. But uh, Leva Bates announced her departure from the company after the contract expired. She was a, uh in-ring performer a little bit, but mostly kind of marketing and backstage stuff. But uh, yeah, her, her deal was up. Chris Jericho, speaking of him, was announced he was going to star in Country Hearts, a movie that just came out on Up TV. I've not got a chance to uh, to see it yet. Uh, maybe someday we'll uh, we'll see if I need my heart warmed a little bit this this uh, Christmas <laughs> season. We may uh, throw that on the TV. Uh, AEW Dark and Dark Elevation officially done due to a new exclusivity deal with WBD. So that was interesting. And uh, thank you, think, WBD. Yeah, I think very welcome in that you know it, another uh, you know four hours or so, give or take three to four hours of squash matches just gone from a live stuff we had to cover. Or, pay attention to or all that just uh again with the, the aw collision deal or just attend to... in person man i went to uh 
Rampage the night before Full Gear 2021. And it was fun for the first hour. It was, you know, the Rampage taping, and it was preceded by one of the darker, dark elevation tapings. And it was fine. You know, the crowd was happy to see AW for the first time in Minneapolis. And then they also, uh, they had enough local and known independent talent that it kept things interesting. But yeah, it was about that 45 minute to one hour mark where I'm like, oh man, this is not good. And it's just, you know, people lost interest. And um, much like Ring of Honor today, they just kept these things going too long. I don't think there's an issue doing a one hour show like that. But when it just drags on and on, it had not a great experience. Fortunately, Full Gear made up for it. Certainly did. Yeah. Uh, Will Washington, uh, formerly of Fightful, joined the company as a director of wrestling administration. Uh, Britt Baker said she was, quote unquote, very surprised by the backlash to a, a black eye AW shirt, uh, a, a injury that she suffered during a, um, it was a during the Chris Jericho, Adam Cole run up. With uh, I think she got hit with a kendo stick, if I'm remembering. I was kind of one, one of the one of the uh, again one of the skirmishes they had, kind of to build that match. And she posted it, uh, did a picture of it, and there was this little bit of backlash, I think, by some strange people that you know didn't really get it, and so that was like promoting a physical abuse or something like that. So it's kind of one of those weird lunatic fringe things. Uh, we got an update in the future direction of AEW Rampage with Collision. That Rampage would focus on younger talent. That was a big thing. Uh, Eddie Kingston. Underwent uh, hernia surgery that would keep him out for a couple months. Darby Allen, just talking about him, say he plans to climb Mount Everest next year and believe that training has already started uh, right after um, uh, Full Gear, which we just had. Ricky Steamboat turned down a role in AEW, he said, because he just simply didn't want to be on the road. Of course, he was featured with uh, with Punk and uh, and Stark, so he would uh, be uh, a little bit uh, more on, in our AEW lives as the months would go on. Chris Jericho, speaking of him, uh, accused Mandalay Bay security of physical and mental assault. One of my favorite things on social, and by <laughs> one of my favorite things, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm being completely sarcastic, is when people complain and celebrities complain about flights or uh, treatment at hotels or things like that, and you know, kind of just pass it off as. I don't they think they're doing a public service when really they're starting to say I'm a celebrity and I should be taken care of. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I saw you need to do a YouTube cringe. show, but I'm Chris Jericho. I mean, come on, Chris, I know. you become that guy, that character now. Uh, yeah. He, I, and you mentioned some of the other things that you don't like that celebrities complain about. I think Jericho's literally complained about all of those things. He has. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. The whole flight thing's like, yeah, we, we get it. Flights suck. I know. Absolutely happens. Uh, AW just mentioned uh, announced to debut at Boston's TD Garden, which was notable because they had run a smaller uh, college arena as they had been in the past, and and for them to say TD Garden, it was kind of interesting because it wasn't for a collision; it was for a dynamite. So that would eventually become blood and guts. So that would soon become clear. Mirror and Thunder Rosa uh, appeared to return to AEW on an episode of Dynamite, walking into Tony Khan's office. Of course, that was part of the build to uh, what would eventually be Collision, is that they were coming back for that show. Will Ospreay was booked for AEW All In at Wembley Stadium. I believe later he said he had uh, he had no idea if that was the case or not. Of course, you know we knew that wouldn't wasn't the case that he was booked the whole time. And I think he knew it. Matt Jackson was clearly returned for a torn biceps injury. Hangman Page made his return at a House Rules event, not on TV. He was wearing a, a eye patch, though, selling an injury, so good for him. MJF wrestled his first indie match since 2019. I believe this was Beyond Wrestling uh, or maybe a creative pro show uh, where he was trained. 
And uh, yeah, he wrestled uh, wrestled his first indie match since 2019 as AEW World Champion. Jamie Hayter not cleared to compete on AEW Dynamite due to an injury that would keep her out. Uh, actually, still has kept her out of action. Uh, the company announced finally announced a release date for Fight Forever video game. They signed Aussie Open, and uh, and there was no ROH news. And I say that and I include that in here because usually there's you know some sort of progression towards maybe a pay per view or title change or anything like that. And I went through and it was just ROH TV. That was basically a no, no, nothing of interest, which, as you mentioned earlier, kind of uh, kind of uh, signifies or uh, summarizes what Ring of Honor is right now. Um, any other thoughts on any of that? Yeah, I think it, you're going to get a lot of no ROH news until you get to like a pay-per-view month or I guess November with Ronda Rousey. It's uh, it's It exists. It's there. Um, it, boy, it just feels like two hours or you know 90 minutes of television that Tony Khan would be better off not doing, or at least handing over the creative reins to someone else so he can focus on his other duties, but it's still there. Um, maybe now they're uh, just with these recent title changes. It makes me wonder if it is, he, he's denied that it's a developmental territory and he has to point to uh, the veteran talent that, uh, and the, the notable names who held ROH title belts at the time. Now we're seeing them kind of move to, people that I think would be more fitting of in some cases of developmental. And so maybe that's the vision for this. Maybe they just finally merge it. I don't really see what the point of ring of honor is. I know he's kind of given the guilt trip excuse reasoning that uh, it creates jobs and, um, and Hey, if you want to use it for developmental, that's fine. But as I said, I just don't think you need to have episodes go nearly as long as they do. You got to respect the time of your audience and, I know people listening out there, there's going to be some of you going, give me three hours of Ring of Honor weekly. <laughs> I just think it's intimidating um, to the average fan. There's so much content on uh, and from AEW alone. And I know ROH is technically different, you know, different ownership with Tony owning himself. But let's face it, everybody considers it to be under the AEW umbrella. And he's already giving people five hours of content to keep up with per week on uh, the w, uh, WBD uh, networks and just all this extra stuff. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't think there's a place for it. I, I think that if you want to run additional pay-per-views as they've been doing, I'd run them under the AW banner. I'm sure they lose money. You know, they lose plenty of buys by going with the ROH name instead. So that one jumps out at me. And um, gosh, yeah, I mean, Jamie Hayter's still sidelined. Uh, the AEW Fight Forever video game, I think everybody was really excited to see, you know, finally what this game is all about. Uh, I have not played the game. I just uh, really don't play wrestling video game. It's just me. Uh, but uh, and I, I used to, I guess, when I was younger, but I haven't in a long time. But it doesn't sound promising. It, it, it doesn't sound like people are uh, felt like it was worth the wait and all the hype and attention um yeah i i have never that was considered to be the thing at one point that tony was pointing to is uh the reason that they weren't making money but uh, once the game came out they they would and i don't know that that's the case josh yeah yeah i'm not a video game person either so uh yeah it's uh yeah it, I, i've heard uh, mixed results from those that have played but yeah uh we move on to wwe and they had a big month and i headlined with it two shows this month this one i think was um Arguably, in this coming course of the month after WrestleMania, very new, busy, newsworthy month for uh, for Mania or for our WWE, which we'll talk about. Backlash from Puerto Rico. This was uh, th this is one of those shows that just I, I think if you look back when we look back as we are on 2023, 
this is one of those like uh standout moments was they went to the country of Puerto Rico. Of course, they got some money for doing so, site fees. They have about 1.8 million in cash and um essentially free rent of the arena for two straight nights for SmackDown. And this this uh this crowd was rabid, uh insane. They were into it, and that to me, I that's that's when wrestling is at its best when the crowd in live is into it. And uh, they are, they were so into it. This was so much fun to watch. Uh, Bad Bunny, the local son, native son, uh, huge worldwide star, uh, defeating Damian Priest in a street fight. And Savio Vega made his return in the match. Bad Bunny, the night before, I believe uh, it showed off, he was uh, in the LWO. That got a big, uh, big pop. He was trained by, uh, for the match for Brian, by Brian Kendrick, who obviously uh, well known to wrestling fans and had, uh, Essentially worked a lot with Ronda Rousey and so on. Uh, Cody Rose being Brock Lesnar in their first clash. Of course, this is coming after the night after WrestleMania. And then uh, shortly after a rematch was made for the night of champions. This is the highest gross, grossing backlash in history. And I'm, you know, I've left off a few matches on here, but just to me that the news from this was how amazing this crowd was and how it just elevated into a show that was seen, I think for so many years as a B show and I think a changing philosophy in WWE is like we're not. There's no such thing as B shows anymore. We're going to see what we can do to take these PLEs to um, uh, to different countries, and we're going to make things out of it every single month. And this was this was I don't think a home run is a strong enough statement how how awesome this was to watch and how how much fun these fans had. And again, the bad my priest match. I, uh, I I thought this show was great. Absolutely. And in case in point, going to, back to what we were talking about with AEW running Wembley, but not doing collision in England as well. I mean, how could you watch SmackDown from Puerto Rico and not be excited about backlash uh, when you just see that rabid crowd and how much fun they were having? It just made for such a great atmosphere. Um, you, you left out, I think, one of the most important details of that show, which was uh, Zelina Vega using her flip flop. Oh yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Zelina Vega. Uh, yeah, she uh, she took on Rhea Ripley, and again, there was not a uh, not a lot of buzz uh, going in terms of, you know, I don't think anyone had high expectations, but uh, the crowd completely accepted her. She she played it up with her outfit, and you mentioned the flip flop and and all the stuff. Yeah, this was uh, they, they the the crowd elevated that to a also a very memorable match and one that she said she'll never forget this was that's you know this is these great crowds will do if they're into it they will take something that's kind of eh and it's kind of like oh yeah that was that was a lot of fun they 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 did their part no doubt about it and i think also going back to what you were talking about with the aw run and td garden and how it's just you know it's so common to see wwe events in the states and we're kind of spoiled with that i think that's changing when it comes to the ple's with all of these international shows they're doing and as a, a viewer, I mean, unless it's coming to my area, I certainly prefer when they go to international markets for a couple of reasons, the great crowds. And uh, Puerto Rico was the exception, but the earlier start times, Josh, yes. I, I love those afternoon yes. shows. That's right. That's right. Get it out of the way. Yeah, it's a great stuff. We'll see if they go back. And I'm sure they're going to go back at uh, at some point again, depending on site fees and, and kind of that whole world. But uh, when they do, it'll be a, a must watch for sure. Uh, Night of Champions, a I won't necessarily a, a must watch, but, you know, a much different uh, scene uh, in all uh, shapes or forms when it comes to WWE's relationship with Saudi Arabia. Seth Rollins uh, won the inaugural WWE World Heavyweight Championship and uh, went over AJ Styles. 
Uh, Asuka uh, won the Raw Women's title on this show. Zoe Stark uh, helping Trish Strash to beat Becky Lynch. Jimmy Uso laying out Roman Reigns, and that came after the debut in Saudi of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for um, you know, both for, I believe, uh, you know, religious purposes, native uh, background purposes, uh, social stances, all that stuff. Both guys had not been there and uh, had made their debut against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. And after the match, uh, Jimmy Uso laying out Roman Reigns to further fracture the bloodline. And of course, yeah, notable because there was title changes. Obviously, Seth Rollins winning the, you know, the, the WWE World Heavyweight title. I, I don't know if he's if that feels as elevated as that, you know, the belt uh, since Roman is kind of off the uh, on the shelf for a while uh, for whenever he wants to come back. But I think, you know, I think that's a problem. I mentioned that earlier. But, yeah, this was, again, another indication that WWE wasn't just treating these as let's bring in a bunch of old stars from other eras to come in and just put on a one night uh, non-canon showcase that they're like these shows matter. They're paying us a lot of money. I think they finally figured out, like, look, we're getting 50 million bucks for this. We should make it, like, mean something. And they have in terms of results and things like that, putting all the politics aside and, and all that if, if you can. But, yeah, this was a newsworthy event. And, and uh, again, not as much fun as the Backlash show, but, you know, newsworthy uh, for several reasons. Yeah, and the crowd has been ready for that in Saudi Arabia. I, you know, Again, putting aside all the politics of it, I mean I, – it's blood money. I'll just, I had to sneak that in because of course it is. But uh, now that I have that out of my system, uh, it, it's cool to see the Saudi fans enjoy this and go from being uh, early on in some of those uh, early Saudi shows kind of just, you know, seem to be excited about what they were given. I, I don't think they had a great familiarity in some cases with a lot of the stars of today. So they were reacting to those older names, but I, I think as time's gone on, they've become fans of the modern product and they create a pretty good atmosphere uh, for the more, you know, the modern, the modern storylines and angles and things. And uh, so it's, uh, it has changed quite a bit. Uh, I would say, you know, looking back on it, I, I just went into Seth Rollins and AJ Styles going, okay, Seth's going to win. There was no real mystery there. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about this championship. It means something. Is it the universal championship? No, but I, I don't think anyone can say that they haven't made it mean something. And, you know, I, I feel like it's, it does feel bigger, even though Gunther's had this incredible intercontinental title reign, they've established it as being the, you know, the prize, at least on the raw side. And uh, so yeah, I, I have to give them credit for that. Uh, even as somebody that was kind of going into this kicking and screaming, there should be one champion, but uh, uh -huh. hey, here we are. Yep. I uh, would expect that title to change in, uh, in January at the rumble when, uh, if, if this whole punk Rollins thing ends up happening, which seems to be, you know, kind of the, the, the idea. And I would expect maybe that being the first title change. They're the opposite on that, man. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been sticking to, and maybe I'm just being stubborn at this point because this was certainly <laughs> before, uh, punk return but my ongoing theory is that they Polovic doesn't seem to just give us the okay conventional expected at, at every turn like even Vince McMahon you could pretty much figure out the booking and it was pretty simple in most cases but I I see a scenario where they surprise us with Gunther winning the Rumble and challenging Seth in a title versus title match at Mania and oh, in order okay. for that to happen I think then uh, Gunther has to Rollins has to retain the title but yeah, I mean, I, I also I, I, thinking about it a little bit more too. 
it, it might send the wrong message I, I, I to the locker room. If you just had Punk's first match back, he wins one of your world titles. I could see that being a, hey, Phil, go out there and prove you're a team player. Take the loss in this match in a way where he, you know, ideally he's not going to lose momentum. But, yeah, I mean, you could absolutely be right. Yeah, we'll see. Play month times for that, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, better promos than what we heard on Monday. I was, I was not agreed. Uh, I, I was surprised by how flat it was, and just kind of like, meh. I was really looking forward to it because obviously, I think as most people were, but I just uh, didn't really get me that excited for it. I don't think it, it built on the momentum of uh, what we saw on uh, on Saturday. No, Seth's promo got me more excited. I mean, it was just a very straightforward promo, and I know people are kind of analyzing the second half of it and some of the things he said. And I, I get that, but it just, I, I just have friends who were so excited that, that I, I, I consider lapsed fans that really don't watch the product anymore. When they found out punk was back, I was getting text messages from him going, asking about you know this and that. And I haven't even followed up with them, but the fact that they haven't followed up with me because yeah. they were going to watch for the first time in ages kind of tells me that it was a bit deflating that they weren't all that fired up to see what comes next. And, um, I mean, I still think there's going to be great interest there, but yeah, give me a hook, man. They just didn't give us any kind of a hook for C- with CM Punk's promo. All right, there's a lot of WWE stuff, so let's get into this. We'll go into uh, two different sections here. Uh, Carmella and Corey Grace had announced they were expecting their first child, which uh, turned out to be a boy. Uh, WWE Intercontinental Champion Gunter, as you just were referred to, he and uh, Ginny got married. Alifier, do, do they have a couple name? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it can't be... Jenny, so it's got to be like Junter. <laughs> Junter could be something like that. It's kind of Gunter that that name kind of it throws it off to make that couple name, you know? Yeah, at the workshop that a little bit. Uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn had no idea they'd be drafted to SmackDown as the draft took place in in April and uh, finished up in May. Uh, Nikki Cross uh, submitted her master's dissertation on women's wrestling, so good for her. She obtained uh, her uh, her education. Uh, Eleven NXT wrestlers. We're called upon the second night of the draft, which took place in May, and that included Grayson Waller, Pretty Deadly, Cameron Grimes, and others. Uh, in total, 16 NXT uh, superstars, so to speak, uh, were called up to the big show. Uh, a man was sentenced to 15 years in prison, or the man was sentenced to 15 years in prison for attempted kidnapping of Sonya Deville and that whole scary situation. Uh, WD's Q1 financials were announced. Of course, big and now big jumps in ticket revenue, attendance, uh, media rights negotiating window. They talked about that, where essentially uh, they kind of acknowledge that the Raw and um, uh, SmackDown negotiating windows, the exclusive ones, were were happening, and they were going to be up uh, potentially pretty soon. So again, kind of getting some fervor together for the rights, as uh, as it were. Uh, Trinity, the former uh, Naomi, said that she left WWE because of the way I was talked to and handled. Company signed Olympic gold medalist Tamra Mensa Stock. Charlotte Flair said she was away from WWE for a few weeks or a couple weeks to take care of something. It wasn't really specific. Pat McAfee and Samantha welcomed the birth of their first child. A lot of babies this month being born in uh, in May. Uh, company shareholders dropped their consolidated lawsuit against Vince McMahon. Of course, uh, as that always happens, when uh, a sale happens or something like that, you'll see some of these lawsuits from by, for uh, upset um, investors. And they uh, they dropped the uh, the suit against McMahon. Uh, the way former NXT faction reunited on an edition of uh, of Raw. Uh, the Rock said that wrestling helped save his relationship with his daughter Simone. Of course, Ava Rain in uh, NXT. The Rollins, Seth Rollins, and the Miz starred in uh, NFL schedule release videos. Robert Roode underwent a second spinal fusion surgery. 
Speaking of his, uh, back surgeries, Bob Orton said his son, Randy, said he thought that Randy Orton's doctors had told him to stop wrestling. Of course, uh, as we saw this past weekend, that's not the case. He's back. And WB, we talk, keep talking about Roman Reigns and his, uh, his time off. The company announced a slate of summer appearances for Roman Reigns, a couple of house shows here or there in Mexico City. And then uh, he would be eventually announced or advertised, rather, for uh, WB Money in the Bank. And those qualifiers began throughout the month as well. Thoughts about any of that? Yeah, it, it, let's go back to the call-ups for the draft. There's right. still people that were drafted, called up from NXT, that have yet to appear on either show. It, they just listed some of them as free agents. Um, like Zion Quinn, has he appeared on WWE or NXT television since then? I believe he was one of them. May, maybe main event? Perhaps. Yeah, I, it, what a weird thing. I, I, I didn't <laughs> understand that. I would say you know, the, the thing about... Uh, the draft is I was really hoping that this would be the year that they would say we're buckling down. This matters. And we're, it's a firm split, but it quickly with everything going on with Vince McMahon, I do wonder if that's part of the reason that yes, Levesque had some level of creative control, but the uh, Vince McMahon was still looming and ultimately had the final say it seemed. And I wonder if it was Levesque's like, I'm not going to say this. And, ruin my reputation and and uh, you know, trust with the fans if I go out there and tell them that, hey, this matters, you know, raw, firm split, SmackDown, in firm split. Uh, and then Vince McMahon, just on a whim, decides to screw that up two weeks later. Do you think it'll be any different next year? Do you think we actually will get a firm brand split now that uh, Levesque has uh, clearly taken over as head of creative? I am very interested to see how that works. Yeah, I mean, I, I would... Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also going to depend on who has who's going to get the raw rights, and and I think you know TV partners play a big part into it. I I wonder if you know there may be. I think that there, you know, if you're talking to TV executives, if we get out of the wrestling bubble, which is hard for us to do, I would think that a a TV executive would say, I we just what is going to bring us the biggest numbers week after week after week. You know, give us your biggest stars, no matter what. We don't necessarily want to see them split up. Um, Unless, you know, WB thinks that it's it's better for them and they can do that. I, I just uh, I wonder, again, if you have these companies paying a lot of TV rights money, if they're, you know, and it's not a case like AEW, WBD, where you have you you have everything under one roof. If you have two different companies, um, you know, I think that's a that's an interesting conundrum. Um, I'm sure that if they're like, I'm sure, like, for example, if given the option, they'd love to have CM Punk available on both shows. Um, maybe one, maybe if it, it, you know, student companies may like, no, we want him on our show, so to speak. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. And I think the TV rights for raw are going to, I think it's going to play a lot into it. I would think, but I, I, you know, I think if, if, if it was triple H, you know, does I'm, I could go either way on that. Cause I, I don't know if he thinks that a split roster is better, uh, cause it gives more time for angles to breathe and, and people to kind of learn who they are and, and get over a little bit more because when you consolidate everything down to one show or one roster is essentially available on both shows, there's that temptation to put the same stars on both shows. Therefore, a lot of your talent doesn't really get those opportunities. So I'm kind of fascinated to see how that turns out. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, they done anything with Tom, uh, Tamara Mensa stock. Am I forgetting her NXT name and we're already seeing her? Uh, that's a good, I don't know if she's just training or not. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't that familiar with her before that. I'll have to uh, I'll have to look that up and see what her deal is. 
but she's yeah, obviously in NXT tra- training and such, but she hasn't, I don't think she's left or anything. So, so far good for her. And Trinity, I, I, I'm impressed that, you know, it's not so much about her leaving WWE, but that I've been impressed by her in impact wrestling. Uh, she mm-hmm. always kind of felt, you know, I think Wade Keller used to use the, the term bowl in a China shop when you would watch some of her matches, she could do some impressive things, but there was also some clunkiness there. She's really shined an impact at working with the, some of their talented women. And uh, it, I think it's, you know, I'm sure the payday is not nearly what it was, but uh, I think this has been a good run for her. Yeah. You're the second person in this series to say that it's, I think it's shared by uh, a lot of people. Um, I, she does not. So going back to uh Mensa stock, she does not have a name yet. She's the last update we had was late July and, uh, let's see, uh, David reported that she was quote unquote doing great, uh, according to people at the performance center and, uh, is taking a pro wrestling, like a fish to water. So I think it'll be some time before we see her, but no, she's not to the point where she has like a, a new name or anything like that. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, let's go over the second group and we lead off with Ronda Rousey for future ROH superstar, uh, returning on an edition of raw and attacking Raquel Rodriguez. And that would tie into, uh, a later angle because Liv Morgan, Legit injured during a match, and later the WWE Women's Tag Team titles had to be vacated. And that resulted in Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler winning the vacant Women's Tag Team titles in a four-way match, if I get that right. I believe that was an addition of Raw. And Ronda Rousey later, this is an interesting quote, wanted WWE to improve, quote-unquote, their dismally shallow Women's Tag Team division. So it all <laughs> tied in together. Uh, a little bit of complaining, and uh, eventually won the uh, the Tag Team titles. Of course, that would be uh, the the precursor to what would be a one-on-one angle with Baszler later on. Uh, Seth Rollins spotted on the set of the new Captain America movie, so we'll see what role he plays in that, if any. WWE and w- and UFC's merge company, again, post-Endeavor, was we learned was officially going to be called TKO Group or TKO. Uh, John Cena said that he told Austin Theory privately, I don't believe what you do. <laughs> that kind of interesting Amen. info. Yeah, yeah, WrestleMania. Uh, Dakota Kai underwent surgery for a torn ACL. Nick Khan confirmed that the company was returning to India for a live event that was uh, postponed uh, and kind of pushed off due to a, a big uh, media rights merger over there. And some of his various quotes he did post-sale or post-merger, he said, uh, you know, with relation to TV rights, he was open to a potential night change for SmackDown, also potential night change for Raw. I was open to a third hour SmackDown, whatever it's going to take to get all that money. And he said that he asked Vince McMahon about quote unquote scuttlebutt regarding his intentions to return to WB uh, by way back in January. So uh, take that for what you will. Uh, Alexa Bliss and her husband, who was a, a singer, Ryan something. Uh, I can't remember what his name is. Is it Cabrera? Were, Why do I know Ryan that? Cabrera. Yes. Yes. Some sort of pop star, I think. Uh, I don't remember Monday's Raw, you know, sections of that <laughs> show. But for some reason, I remember his name. That's right. Yeah. Uh, now they're expecting their first child. Chelsea Green said, you know, it's pretty simple for a WWE return. She simply texted Triple H and said, I want my job back. That's how it works in, in every job, right? If you want it back, you just text your boss and say you want back in. Easy as pie, right? I think it depends how you left. You know, <laughs> that, that might have something to do with it. Like, if you set the office on fire, I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. Uh, speaking of former Olympians, uh, as we were talking earlier, Gable Stevenson said WWE had not approved his bid for uh, to debut or, or compete in the 2024 Olympics. Hulk Hogan on his potential WWE in-ring return. You never say never, brother. You know, you never know when the Hulkster <laughs> could uh, – potentially injure himself seriously in a WWE in-ring term, which I I, I don't think is, is ever going to happen. In, uh, no, in no. He's, he's played this game for years and yeah, yeah. it's it, it just to keep his name out there. And, and, and I get it, but uh, 
you know, could he do some stand there and really do nothing while everybody works around him, you know, just comedy match? Yes. Could he do anything more than that? No. Braun Strowman out of actually with another injury. Uh, the company filed an updated response to dismiss the amended MLW lawsuit, and that kept raging on throughout the year. Company had a quote unquote big internal focus to get younger talent on Raw and SmackDown. They talked internally about interest in Richard Holiday. They have not sent him to this point, and they also announced four Undertaker one man show dates for the United Kingdom. Anything uh, stand out there before we move on to NXT? Yeah, I'm pulling for Holiday, you know, coming back from cancer. But uh, even if you take that out of the equation, I, I was always impressed by what he did in MLW. And and I think that he's a guy that, sure, he would benefit from some time uh, in NXT, uh, but he's a good talker, has a good look. Uh, I would like to see one of the bigger companies sign him. Um, now he's uh, not even with MLW. He's just out there doing indies. And mm-hmm. I, always, uh, I always thought, you know, I, I guess I don't know the dynamic, but they've, they've certainly – MJF has been very complimentary of his uh, uh, former sidekicks in Dynasty on social media, and so I'm kind of surprised that Holiday hasn't found his way into AEW yet. Yeah. Maybe it's just a matter of time. Could be. Uh, NXT, we'll go through the, the month of NXT. Saul Ruka underwent surgery for a torn ACL. Scripps was exposed as Reggie. My God, can you believe Stocking. it? Indy Hartwell had to relinquish the women's title uh, because she was called up to the main roster. Company revealed their bracket for the NXT women's title tournament. Company hired hey, do you Eddie. think Indy wants to text them? Can I have my job back in NXT? Exactly, exactly. Uh, Eddie Dennis was hired as a NXT writer-producer. Kalani Jordan made her company debut on Level Up, a show that still exists. Uh, Blair Davenport was revealed as the mystery attacker. you got to be careful of those parking lots down in Florida in, uh, in NXT around the Performance Center facility. You never know <laughs> what's going to happen there. It's dangerous, most dangerous parking lot, I think, in the world. Uh, a quote-unquote, the free agent uh, coming out of the draft, Mustafa Ali, uh, made his debut, or, or sorry, appeared on NXT uh, for the first time in a long time. Speaking of that women's title, Tiffany Stratton won it. No big surprise there, picking up the title at Battleground to begin her first reign with the gold, and the company announced a Great American Bash streaming special for July. Uh, any thoughts on that? Maybe uh, the 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 reign of Trif- Tiffany Stratton beginning. Someone the WWE certainly seems to be behind quite a bit. Yeah, and it wasn't the most memorable of reigns, uh, but I, I don't think it, uh, it it's a sign that they're not still incredibly high on her. They should be. She is tremendous in the ring for this you know part of her development. Uh, has a terrific look. Uh, is still. I think she's shown improvement when it comes to the mic work and just kind of figuring out her identity. She sounded a little too cartoonish for a long time, but they've started to kind of put her in situations where she can be less one dimensional. She can, they're adding to that character a little bit. And when they put her in those positions, I think she's actually done a nice job of showing that she has a little bit of range. She's obviously, you know, since she shown, since she first arrived, that's been obvious. Like this is one to watch. Uh, with the gymnastics background and how quickly she seems to have taken to things. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm really excited. I know she said she hopes to be up to uh, WWE's main roster by WrestleMania. I asked Shawn Michaels about that in one of their uh, conference calls, and he laughs, you know, basically like, well, who the hell wouldn't want to be up? Um, you know, the talents don't have any idea when that happens. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be, uh, you know, she, for all I know, she'll be in the Rumble. Uh, I would even if she's not getting the call, I, she is somebody that I would consider putting in that rumble. And uh, yeah, Saul Ruka, unfortunately, the one of many with uh, ACL injuries when it comes to NXT's women's division. 
Yeah. I mean, I would uh, just to add on one thing to Stratton is I would suggest take your time. You know, there's yeah. no, if you think she's going to be a decade long asset for you on the main roster, don't rush her up. There's no reason to, you know, you should have plenty for her to do in developmental. That's the thing is that, you know, when um, I'm going to sound old for a minute, but when I was coming up, you know, in, in, in wrestling, you kind of learn about uh, as a fan that, it took a long time for guys to get and girls to get on to get to the big show. And they had to develop, they had to learn, work the indies and so on. And, you know, granted, that's not the case for everybody, but they're the cases where now where if you have the the runway and you're like, we don't need to call someone up right now, you know, this this is what you have this, you know, multi-billion dollar company for us. Give them play to do an NXT and find something so you don't have to rush them. When they, when you're, you're, if Shawn Michaels says that you're ready, um, and Paul Avex says you're ready, then you're ready. But until then, just you know, just let them rest, let them, let them do their thing, let them, let them figure stuff out. And uh, you know, I like that they had her on a, a house show run with, uh, I think she was working Becky Lynch, if I remember right, and working some other top one talent. I think that's that's great. Uh, those are things that I, I that. Because they run house shows, they have the leverage to do, and I think it's really smart that they do. Because, again, you're you're running generally smaller shows, and not a lot of people's going to see them. And even if someone's disappointed, you know, it's not going to be a, a something where people are going to be posting it all over the place. And you know, it's 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 a chance for them to learn. So how how things used to happen with dark matches, you know, way back in the day for Raw and SmackDown, when uh, you know OVW guys would get their chances, and then you have a lot of buzz because this is kind of pre-internet. Uh, it to me. Uh, and, and being kind of long-winded here is I, there's no reason for them to rush anyone up. They have plenty of talent on the main roster. Call them up when they're ready, when you have a plan. So that way when they get there, they have the best chance to succeed from the jump rather than having to wait. And I think they're doing just that with Jade Cargill right now. I, yes. it, it kind of, yeah. I mean, it could be a smoke screen that they may feel like, all right, she's ready, but we're going to downplay expectations so that some people might be a little surprised if she pops up in the rumble. But it may very well be true that they just, you know, there's some holes in her game that they want to take, uh, they want to address before uh, they send her out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kalani Jordan's another one uh, that uh, was on this list um, that she made her debut on Level Up. Very impressive for, you know, another one for this stage in her development. And they're throwing her into the fire, man. She is going to be in that... Uh, uh, Iron Survivor Challenge match along with Lash Legend. And those are two names I did not expect to see in there uh, just because it's a little bit more of an intricate match. And um, we'll see how she does. You know, in the singles matches, she's been pretty impressive. Uh, there's still some greenness there, but she has a nice move set, very charismatic, and has been good on the mic. She's, she's definitely one to keep an eye on. Let's flip to Impact. Not a ton of stuff going on this month, but uh, Jay Chung joining the Impact Wrestling broadcast team. Uh, Impact Wrestling and now they're going to debut in Australia over the summer as uh, they're kind of getting out there a little bit more. Definitely a, a shift with them doing more shows. They, you mentioned earlier, like the UK tour they did in the fall. So Impact definitely trying to uh, expand out a little bit more and, and do it in a smart way. And they were filling in for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, yeah. which had to pull out of that uh, the Oceana uh, doubles show that they were doing. And uh, that relationship seems to be pretty good. Kind of flies under the radar. The impact access or uh, impact New Japan access relationship, and I think it definitely is to their to their benefit. We had under siege with uh, world champion Steve Macklin retaining over PCO in a very wild no TQ match. This was uh, as expected, bloody and crazy, and and all get out. Uh, Subculture, the former uh, NXT team, made their debut at uh, under siege. Bully Ray 
made his return to the company. It was learned that Steve Macklin would defend against Alex Shelley at uh, Against All Odds in June. And also we'd learn later in the month that the first ever 8-4-1 match would make his debut. Impact loves their different types of matches. God bless them. 8-4-1 match uh, was to make their debut. And then Jordan Grace uh, announced that she was going to become a free agent as her contract expired. And turns out she would only be out a few months from Impact Wrestling. But kind of, you know, I know she tested the waters, just took time off. A combination of everything, but Jordan Grace eventually returning. But uh, you know, her status was kind of unknown as of uh, as of May. Are you surprised Jordan didn't end up in one of the big two companies? Yes, yes, I'm surprised that. Uh, yes, I am. Um, I thought that you know, I, I think when I did the series a year ago, and talking about Jordan, and, and I, I would have thought for sure uh, if if you had said a year ago, I, I would have said yeah, it's one of the two is going to snap her up and take that shot. And I don't know if it's a comfort thing. I don't know if it's a non-interest thing, but I mean, she has always had a unique look and then gotten really tremendous shape and has a real kind of presence, a different presence, you know? And I, I thought she would be, I think she'd be a perfect addition pretty much anywhere. And I'm surprised that, yeah, I, I don't, and I, I don't know if it's a, um, I don't know if there's anything left over from the the Gresham Tony Khan stuff, even though yeah. you know, Gresham said that those issues were were pretty much squashed and everything was fine. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a surprise. I'm uh, or like uh, even like you know in the like stardom or new like I yeah I'm, I'm surprised that in the end she just went back to Impact and everything's kind of the same. But I mean maybe the money was right and the lifestyle's right. Who knows? He has really come into her own as a wrestler. I mean, she's she's always been good, but I just think she's really stepped up her game over the last year or so. Uh, but I do have to ask, who is Jade Chung? I watch Impact Wrestling every week, and I don't recall seeing her. Maybe I, I did it one time. Did she not last long? Sure. I believe Jade Chung, if I remember, it's uh, Josh Alexander's wife, I believe. Um, and she, oh, is on, okay. she might be on the... Let's... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, yeah, Josh Alexander's wife. I don't know what she is doing for them because I also watch Impact, so I don't know if it's a uh, more like before the Impact stuff or things like that. So yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. I don't know what she's actually doing with them, but she's she's a uh, yes, yeah, uh, uh, Josh Alexander's wife, and she is also Canadian. Uh, they love hiring Canadians, so uh, yeah, I don't really know what she's doing. I'm surprised they don't do the show in Canada, like permanently. Just uh, you know, it always sounds like there's tax breaks to be had and things like that. I mean, they do some up there, but none, I, I remember when they, when uh, Anthem bought the company, there was a lot of suspicion that they were going to make you know Toronto or or somewhere up there their home base. Yeah, I thought the same thing too because they, I mean, they use a lot of Canadian talent. Yeah, being at, based out of, uh, being based out of Toronto, you'd think that. It, it's it just it, it definitely seems like they lead heavily in that we'll see what the uh you know their 2024 is with um uh how they're going to handle the touring because they said they're going to do some things a little bit differently so i mean that could be coming i don't know if they have it as a stronghold but maybe you know the majority of the shows are around there i think that is uh yeah i think that's definitely something to watch for sure um very interesting stuff there um uh, one, one more josh i yeah, do have to ask it. you how in the hell is it that Billy Corgan and Dave Marquez have conversations with WB and seems like they, you know, made a lot of headway there before the NXT deal came along yet impact wrestling. It never seems to come up in any television discussions. I mean, I know they're on access, which is owned by their parent company, but boy, you'd think they, that Anthem would be thrilled to get, uh, even if it was a modest television deal, just to bring more revenue in. 
Sure. Yeah. I, it's funny because I was just listening to um, on post wrestling, uh, John Pollock and Brandon Thurston. They were talking to Nick Hausman uh, last week and he had done some reporting on the CW stuff. And he had mentioned that they were in conversations with uh, another major wrestling company that was not, you know, WWE or AEW. And you think of like right here, major, there's really, to me, after those two, there's not really a lot of major companies. I mean, New Japan is obviously yeah. well known, but I don't know if I would call them a major company. So my first thought was, if they're talking to NWA, they have to be talking to uh, to Impact. I would, I would, I would think so. I don't know I maybe so. if the money was right or if they have something else planned. But it's, uh, you know, maybe they were just talking about some sort of trade deal. Maybe that was an issue where they were pushing for some of these smaller groups. And uh, Impact was like, you know, access is like no thanks. But yeah, I, uh, I would agree. I'm surprised that with with the groups that are kind of getting out there, the Impact has not made more of an effort or, or been successful in getting something other than access TV that's a little bit easier for people to find. Very good television product. I really enjoy it. And that's coming from somebody who just despised the TNA years for the most part. Not that there was nothing good. There were plenty good. But I just was not a fan of the overall direction. The the way they underachieved, in my opinion, was so much great talent to, to work with. But um, yeah, Scott DeMore and his crew have really turned things around. And I just feel like they just need... Uh, more visibility they need to get themselves out there somehow some way access just clearly isn't enough yeah they've made some you know progress but in, in order to really take a big step forward they could use a, a real television deal and i'd love to see what they would do with something like that I, I i do enjoy that product i agree yeah consistently good show that i think gets swallowed up with uh the amount of content that's yeah. out there so yeah i think i think that would, that would help them make take a step forward but uh yeah we'll see what their plans are for 2024, we'll go through uh, the month of Japan, uh, New Japan resurgence, Mercedes Monet, the big news of the month, suffering a, a pretty severe right ankle injury uh, as Will Nightingale during a match as Will Nightingale they made a switch and won the uh, first ever strong women's title uh, that uh, was kind of a one night tournament. Kenta retained the New Japan Strong Championship. John Moxley was announced as returning to Japan for Dominion, and also he was announced for a trios match that took place at Resurgence. We had uh, several new champions. Crowned at uh, New Japan's Wrestling Dontaku, uh, Hikaleo winning the strong openweight title initially, and again, meant losing it to Kenta later on in the month. Uh, Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii winning the never openweight six-man titles, and then David Finley winning the singles never openweight title. Josh Barnett was make his pro wrestling Noah debut at the N1 Victory Finals. Ta- Taji Ishimori was pulled off the uh, Best of the Super Juniors tournament due to an injury. Aussie Open was forced to vacate the IWGP and New Japan Strong tag team titles due to Mark Davis's injury. Of course, and they were later signed with AEW. Claudio Castagnoli was set to make his debut at Dominion. Matches were announced at this uh, triple uh, company, New Japan, All Japan, and NOAA All Together Again card. Company announced their strong Independence Day pay-per-views that were set for Japan. Master Wato won the Best of Super Juniors 30 Will Ospreay said he expected to stay with New Japan. I just don't want to live <laughs> in America. And uh, Tony Storm uh, helping Juice Robinson secure the victory for her uh, her husband in uh, at New Japan's resurgence. So uh, thoughts about any of that? I mean, obviously the you know the the Monet injury, uh, Mercedes Monet, her injury was uh, significant in a lot of ways. Who knows if she would have made her um, you know what other matches she could have had um, if she would have made her AEW debut by now. What that's delayed, but. This is uh and, and we just actually you know we're recording this on on late November the train a new training video 
came out that seems to imply that her return is uh, is imminent perhaps we don't know where but it's uh yeah that was that was one i think uh you know took the wind out of her sails uh you know halfway through her uh you know her, her getting back out there on the scene yeah, what a shame, because uh, I remember that first match back. Um, I can't even remember who it was against off the top of my head, but I just remember going in kind of like, okay, you know, she's back as Mercedes, and we'll see how she does. And, uh, boy, what a reminder of just how damn good she can be in the ring. I, I just didn't know how serious she was taking the wrestling career at that point. Did she uh, – she had taken a lot of time away and obviously had – uh, acting aspirations, but boy, she uh, she answered that question pretty quickly. And um, does the New Japan Strong Women's Title still exist? Even though I, I don't follow Japanese wrestling closely, <laughs> I know the men's title is going to be part of the Triple Crown in AEW, and I assume the Strong Women's Title is still does. out there somewhere. Julia, Julia has it right ah, now. Yes, okay. And then uh, another thing that uh, I guess jumps out is that. Well, Will Ospreay was kind of a man of his word. He didn't stay with New Japan, but he, he said uh, he didn't want to live in America, and it sounds like he doesn't have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll see how that uh, how that turns out. But yeah, he's uh, wrapping up his run there before he starts with uh, with AEW. And let's round out the uh, the month with the junk drawer stuff from all over the place that didn't fit in any other categories. Richard Holiday, we talked about him. Good for him. Announces cancer's in remission. He's doing a lot of good work in the Indies. We'll see if, what his uh, 2024 has on tap. MLW said that or announced that they were going to air live events as part of a new deal with fight plus essentially a monthly show and they, they always managed to seem to go up against something and the, the last yes. one they did was up against um full gear and like same start time and all that it's uh yeah very, kind of a tough row tough road to hope for uh for mlw if you're trying to run live events on saturdays and not run up against some sort of stiff uh competition uh mlw's uh blkg's was diagnosed with a former cancer and a fundraiser was underway for him. Uh, we learned the cause of Sarah Lee's death, the former uh, tough enough talent in WWE, was closed as suicide. Very sad Ugh. story there that uh, obviously happened in late Awful. October. Yep. And then the, uh, the cause of death was revealed in uh, in May. We had uh, Kimberly uh, her going through her situation. Former NXT and Impact wrestler announced her retirement. Yuka Sakazaki, and now she graduated, uh, so to speak, from tjpw was going to be based in the united states in 2024 she did some dates with ring of honor has kind of like disappeared i think so i don't know if she's still on the roster or kind of how that worked but uh, she's kind of gone from uh, the american scene at least uh, the big time scene sting potentially involved with a goldberg retirement show <laughs> retirement tour show <laughs> in israel that uh, never ended up happening I don't think that'll be happening anytime soon. In no, I'd say not. I'd say not. Uh, CM Punk and AJ Mendez were set for the season two of Heels. Tony Ricky Deppen, Rabies. That's right. That's right. The man himself. Who knows? Uh, Tony uh, Deppen undergoes, underwent surgery for a broken arm. Tessa Blanchard says she has unfinished business in wrestling. Imagine that. I uh, kind of buried the lead on this. Superstar Billy Graham uh, passing away at 79 years old. Obviously a, uh, a legendary name in the sport. Yeah. Influential. Um, probably not respected by the current fans in terms of, and really understood for how influential he was just a ton of health issues throughout the years, but a, a, a incredibly, um, influential I mean, he, presence in so many ways. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say it, it, it happens, you know, it's just, uh, it, it just, he, it, it's been so long now. And yeah. I mean, ask a modern NHL fan what they know about Gordy Howe and it's probably going to be pretty limited as well. Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart honored with a star in Canada's Walk of Fame. El Desperado is set to make his GCW debut 
at Tournament of Survival 8. Goldberg, speaking of him, suffered a bloody head wound in a farm accident of all places. He headbutted a tracker. We know it. Exactly, exactly. Then uh, Peyton Royce announced that she was going to be turning to the ring for World Series Wrestling out of Australia. Any thoughts on uh, any of that? Yeah, the MLW one especially, it, it, the move to Fight Plus, you know, I, I I don't know financially if this was an improvement for them. I, a couple of things from it. I'm always surprised that with all these companies under the Fight Plus banner, when I watch, especially I see MLW probably the most because they have the weekly television and I just don't have a, enough time to keep close tabs on, on GCW. But I never see MLW promote what else you get on fight plus like even the initial press release i think listed a couple of small promotions and i I think there's been issues with mlw and gcw but if i'm the folks at fight i'm like guys get over it let's work together plug each other um you know make this a big part of the selling point for fight plus it can only benefit everyone involved uh the other thing is it's really made the mlw television show worse it was you know, before the Fight Plus deal, it was you got everything that they taped at their television, main events, and everything else. Um, it you know took some time to get there, obviously, because they're only running probably three matches a week. But um, since that deal has occurred, now you see the big matches on Fight Plus and the weekly television has a lot of really throwaway matches. It's been a little bit better lately, but there was an ugly stretch there. Uh, I mean, there some of it too wasn't just a fight plus deal, but they clearly didn't have enough in the can. And they're airing things from Mexico that they taped months and months ago, and it's just it's been a tough uh, year for MLW. Uh, I know they have uh, uh, they, they have more more time on this fight plus deal, and I am guessing by the time this comes out, uh, their next PLE will have passed. You know, we'll see what that does. You know, they're experimenting by going with a Thursday night, and uh, I'm curious. And the other one uh, is. Tessa Blanchard, um, boy, it just what a waste uh, of so much talent there. And you just hope that she matures and gets it together. And even if she does, I, I, I don't know that you know, the, the 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 decision makers are in any hurry to use her in a meaning, you know, in one of the major companies. I I guess I'd be surprised if she ever gets the call to. AEW legend has it that she was banned from the performance center when she wasn't even a student there at one point. Uh, so they, you know, are well aware. I, I just hope that, you know, whatever it is, she gets it together because she is such a talented individual, but I, I don't know that she's ever going to live up to that potential. Yeah. I think the, yeah, the book seems kind of written on her, you know, and, and yeah. we've seen that with, with a lot of talents, you know, as good as they are in the ring or what have you, that, the outside of the ring stuff, sometimes it's just, it's really hard to come back from. And there's so much talent out there right now that, you know, if a promoter wants to keep a harmonious locker room, um, if they care about those type of things, they're going to, you know, they'll, they'll kind of play with the, the hand that they're dealt rather than bringing some, uh, some extra cards, so to speak. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. But anyway, that was a very packed month of May. Again, yeah. we all the stuff you know, we talked about again, Saturday collision was announced double or nothing. Um, backlash night of champions uh and, and uh new nxt champion tiffany stratton and just all these things in between so yeah very busy month but before we let you go uh jason want to give you the chance to plug uh pro wrestling.net and then the subscription service there where people can follow you on social and uh the floor is yours yeah thank you very much pro wrestling.net is my website it is updated uh, throughout the course of the day with all the news of the day and then also live reviews of most of the major television shows and certainly all of the pay-per-views and ple events uh pro wrestling boom is my free weekly podcast just do a search for pro wrestling boom on apple pods or wherever you get those pods 
And if you want to take the ProWrestling.net experience to another level, check out PWMembership.net. It is the, you can uh, sign up for ad-free access to our website. Uh, that also comes with a ton of uh, exclusive audio content that is also ad-free. Uh, the .NET Weekly Audio Show, which I co-host with Jake Barnett, is our flagship. We usually do that on Thursdays talking an hour, 90 minutes every week about uh, all the news of the week. And uh, oftentimes, if we're recording on Thursday, we'll take a look back on the uh, episode of Dynamite from the night before. Uh, but again, all you know, all the major television shows and pay-per-views and PLEs are covered in audio form, many of them same night. Uh, if, uh, if I'm, I'm going to keep this open just for you guys here. Uh, you won't see it on the site, but if you're interested in membership and you want an easy way in, a nice uh, cheap way to get a sample, uh, go to pwmembership.net and enter the coupon code CYBER23, all one word, just uh, CYBER and then the numbers 23, and uh, that will get you 99 cents for one month. It was our Cyber Monday special. Again, it won't be on the site, but um, uh, so you won't be able to just go to the website and, and see the listing for it. But I will keep that open for you guys specifically. Uh, so uh, and go ahead, spread the word. Uh, you're not uh, doing any harm. But uh, again, it's cyber23 at pwmembership.net. And if you're interested in following me on social media, it is at Pro Wrestling Net. Good stuff there. Check it out for sure. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having you on again. Hopefully it'll not be uh, two years until, until we talk. I, I assume it will not be. But, no, uh, no. Now it's your turn. You got to come on my show. Anytime. Anytime. I'd love to do it. Jason Powell, ProWrestling.net. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. All right. I am serving myself into the end here because, one, it's my podcast. So I can do that. Two, I left something out in April. Can you believe that? Oh, I'm so disgusted at myself. I'm actually irritated at myself. I noticed this uh, the other night when uh, putting some notes together. During the April edition, I recorded with uh, Fightful's Kate Elizabeth. Of course, you can hear that now on the website and so on. I forgot to mention that Mercedes Monet lost the IWGP women's title to Mayu Iwatani at Stardom All-Stars Grand Queendom event. I talked about how the, the event, the match was set but I didn't actually talk about the circumstances of what happened later in the month. Shame on me. I can't believe I did that. But yeah, so anyway, if we're completing the record, in April, the end of April, Mercedes Monet lost the IWGP women's title and therefore is moving on to the New Japan Strong women's title. So, so for the record, now we have it complete.